What's up, everybody? So I want to let you know that the Alpha Brain Golden Ticket Sweepstakes are still going on. And that's just a rad opportunity not only to stock up on your Alpha Brain or give Alpha Brain a try. Because if you haven't tried Alpha Brain, it's definitely one of those tools that's different than any stimulant you've had and gets your brain firing in an absolutely different way. And that's what our clinical research has shown, and that's what everybody who's tried it. You know, we've sold over a million bottles of Alpha Brain, and the results are in. It works. It's awesome. So this is a great opportunity, though, because if you get the Golden Ticket Sweepstakes, everybody is a winner, and there's a bunch of cool shit that we're giving away, from kettlebell sets to different other products, to discounts. Every single person is going to be a winner if you go to the golden ticket sweepstakes so check it out on it.com slash golden ticket and then enter the code and fill in the entry form there's going to be a grand prize for one of you which is going to be a trip out here to austin and on hq so you'll be able to come hang at the hq and do all the awesome on it things so definitely check it out go to on it.com slash golden dash ticket and get your 30 count or 90 count bottle of alpha brain So as most of you know, I was in a car accident about five months ago. And when I got in this car accident, I had a lot of damage. Some of that damage was emotional, psychological. And I've talked a lot about the ways that I've tried to reframe that accident as something that's happened for me instead of happened to me. But there was also a lot of other things that I was doing to help support my body, one of which was my face. I had hundreds of stitches and... I had some pretty gnarly looking scars and arriving at home as soon as I got back from the accident in the hospital was a box of products and the products were from a company called Alatura Naturals and the packaging was cool and I started looking at the ingredients and when I really started looking at the ingredients, it reminded me a lot of what the Onnit formulas were about. I mean, this was literally everything that I could imagine that I would want to put on my skin to heal it and help it get healthy and I didn't know the company I had a nice message from the owner Andy but I started using it and the product I started using religiously was a product called the gold serum and that was something that really helped repair the damage on my face and something I still use now so you know me I don't do a lot of advertisements for companies outside of on it or anything that's outside of my own purview but this is an exception because it was something that was important for me. So whether you have some issues with some scarring or you've gone through something or you just want the dopest skincare line, I mean, these guys at Alatura Naturals, they've nailed it. Whatever you're looking for, they've got it. Their scents are dope. Their ingredients are dope. Their products are clean. They feel amazing. I really recommend it. Go to alaturanaturals.com slash Aubrey. Check it out. You'll get a discount if you put in Aubrey as the coupon code. So go to alaturanaturals.com slash Aubrey. Please check it out, guys. I've been fortunate enough to be a part of some amazing events, both as part of Onnit and part of other organizations, but never have I assembled and been a part of a cast of people that are like my very own personal Avengers coming together to offer a transformational, informational, inspirational program, process, speaking, engagement, It's going to be really incredible. It starts Thursday, May 2nd at the Paramount Theater, where myself and Gary Vee and NQ are going to be on stage. And then the following day, we'll have myself and Emily Fletcher, one of the top meditation teachers and instructors. You might have heard her on the podcast, along with David Rutherford. In fact, everybody's been on the podcast, so you probably know this cast of characters. But we're going to be having a full day of events following on Friday the 3rd. So I really encourage you guys to be a part of this. It's one of those unique circumstances where everybody's schedules aligned. We got to put this thing together. Who knows if we'll ever be able to do it again. So this is the time. 
onit.com slash design your life. The idea is to take the KPIs out of just purely finance and purely all of these things we think we need. Yeah, that's included. Of course, we're going to be talking about that. Of course, me and Gary are going to be talking about how to up-level your entrepreneurship and your ability to create what you want to create. But what's your goal? Is it to make money or is it to be happy? And I think both Gary and I both understand that a big part of this life is finding our fulfillment, our happiness, our joy, our peace, our ability to serve. All of that is going to be covered along with some of the tactical strategies to help you get all of that. So please check it out. See if you're interested. It's here in Austin, May 2nd, May 3rd, onit.com slash design your life. I fucking can't wait to see you guys there. Today's podcast is with Humble the Poet, and it's hard out there for a poet. Wasn't that the way the song went? I don't think that's the way the song went. But anyways, Humble is out there every day putting out a positive message. I encourage you guys to check out all of the work he's put out there on Instagram, on social media, out there into the world. He's also the author of the book, Unlearn, and it was a great conversation. It was a pleasure to meet this man, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy this podcast. Humble, welcome, my man. Thank you for having me, brother. Yeah, good to be here with you. You know, I get introduced to a lot of people, and sometimes I kind of run it through the system, open it up to like a wider group, but I always go check out the message that people are putting out. And it took me about, oh, 20 seconds to realize like, oh, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's, let's have this it, podcast. Man. Yeah. Um, the consistency by which you're putting out such a positive message, you know, and, and it shows through all your social and I haven't got a chance to dive into your book, but I fucking love the title, Unlearn. There's a lot of shit we learn that we need to unlearn. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, it came from, I used to be an elementary school teacher and it came from the idea of like spending so much time with kids and realizing how much of an empty vessel they were. And I think sometimes as we get older and our habits crystallize, we think this is how we always were. Crystallize is such a friendly way to say <laughs> of what happens to our habits, right? Because you can imagine crystals and they're pretty and the and light pretty, shines yeah. on them and they're resplendent and they glow back. It's just like hardening into some gelatinous yeah. goo that's just blocking our own light from actually coming out. It just out, turns right? into a dark tar and it's <laughs> yeah, just, and exactly. it's just a layer on top. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, I guess that helped me realize that, hey, this I don't have to be who I think I am. And a lot of it, it just requires me not to really gain new things. It's about letting go of a lot of this old, stale, expired ideas that someone decided to put into my head. That idea of not trying to add new things, like instead of trying to add health to your life, like actually release all of the things that are unhealthy yeah. because you truly are healthy. It's like instead of if you're broken, trying to get the fix, like release the true healed version of yourself of who you actually are and to do that it's more of a process of removing and yes sometimes you need to add some nutritional things and some mindset practices and do some different things but it's really about unlocking who we really are at the core yeah you know that piece of us that isn't broken that piece of us that actually carries the love and has the light shining through it right but it's all the tar as we've said right from the start that kind of stops that so you have to unlearn all of these programs and all of these fucking software patterns that and that's the thing when we shut all this bullshit then we can we have an opportunity to have a better relationship with ourselves we'll all feel better when we can be ourselves but that requires us to know ourselves and that's not going to happen if we're too busy trying to keep other people happy too busy trying to keep up with other people's standards or what we perceive to be uh, required standards to progress in life and it's like no we got to be our unique self and 
from that point, you know, internally so much changes. Our relationship with our pain changes, our relationship with our anxiety changes, our relationship with our stress changes, um, our relationship with all the voices in our head that have been there since childhood, they all change because now all of a sudden they, they get reappropriated as tools to help us rather these enemies that we have to fight yeah i mean the there's that i think it's a, a yogananda quote where he's talking about you can tame a mad elephant you can control the weather you can do all these things but mastering your own mind is perhaps the most difficult and most rewarding of all of these different magical powers that you can imagine like you're talking about gandalf the great wizard right yeah. like okay cool how about just use your mind yeah. so that it's something that helps you rather than something that hinders you and draws you into these negative thought patterns completely I mean, in, in sick history uh, in our heritage we have the line man jite jagjit man means your mind jit means victory jug means the world so victory over your mind is victory over the world as within so without right yeah. we are like a little microcosm of the universe yeah and i think it's one of the things that we have to unlearn that we project all of our internal states on something external oh i'm angry well it's that person's fault yeah. oh i'm jealous well of well she's doing this well yeah. well i'm you know all of these things we're always looking outside and pointing that finger when really we need to get that bend that little boomerang and go like oh yeah exactly. like what can i learn here about my myself? mom always said that to me she's like when you point one finger three more are pointing right back at you remember <laughs> right? that <laughs> right and always stuck with me <laughs> yeah and, and and you're absolutely correct it, it's i think it's also we all have a need and 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 we should allow ourselves this need of connection we all need to feel connected and there's a billion ways we can feel connected and i think one of the easiest most convenient and cheapest ways to feel connected is through self-pity by feeling sorry for ourselves like nobody gets what i'm going through i'm the first person to ever have my heart broken i'm the first person to ever get cheated on i'm the first person to ever fail at something i tried nobody gets it and what we're doing is we're creating this instant connection with ourselves but it's like fast food it's you know it's it's quick easy and convenient but too much of that is not sustainable and we got to take some more responsibility yeah that's really an interesting thought thinking about self-pity creating this connection with yourself it almost actually places you in the center of the universe mm -hmm. to a certain degree right yeah. like and i think that's one of the issues that we all have is we have we know that there's people but some part of us don't really think of them as fully real like we think yeah. of ourselves as fully real or that that we can really identify with them as like no same like same yeah. and when i'm feeling somebody else is feeling but instead we'll be like no it's my pain it's my and, and it makes us in some ways it reinforces our egoic desire to be separate from the universal and say like no i am the i am the center of the universe hear my pain exactly <laughs> it's like being on more. the truman show we think we're on our own truman show everybody <laughs> right. else is a character here to serve us and we don't realize what that's doing is that's actually pulling us away from the grand scheme that we're a part of it's like being in the ocean but being like no i'm not in the ocean i'm a drop i'm, I'm a separate drop and you mm -hmm. keep pulling yourself away but you're going to dry up in the sun that way yeah. you need to be a part of creation you need to be a part of everything and, and we have to zoom out and realize that we're a part of a larger painting and not to take our shit so serious hard though very hard so when you're talking to people or maybe talking to yourself mm. you know like and you find yourself in those positions like yeah. what are what are your tactics like what is your strategy for helping others helping yourself when you're in those moments where you're just so focused on yourself and your pain and what you're 
and all that and lose that sense of connection to what Rumi would call the great beloved, which is the world at yeah. large, you know? I think early early on, it was suck it up. You know, for me, it was <laughs> right? just, yo, suck it up. What are you doing? Like, suck it up. Um, and probably doing some superficial things like comparing myself to those less fortunate. And I kind of realized eventually that that wasn't sustainable because, you know, my experience is my experience and it deserves some level of acknowledgement. So I think now it was creating... Uh, and understanding a, a distinction between self-pity and self-compassion. Mm. So knowing that, hey, something traumatic just happened to you, big or small, give yourself some time to breathe. Maybe give yourself five minutes to be petty about it. Give yourself some time to rest, take a nap, what you need to do. All right, now that we've had that rest and you know, we've had this internal dialogue, now what are the next steps that we can do to either find, uh, discover, or create a silver lining about what just happened because mm. you know it's not win or lose it's win or learn so we always have something that we can learn when things don't go our way and most of the time it's frustrating because we're not in control you know you know let's say i i came here to do this podcast and then you had to cancel on me I, it, that might cause some frustration for me because it's out of my control which is your schedule but what's in my control are my expectations mm. you know the things that are forever in my control are my expectations and my effort and how much energy I decide to spend on how I'm going to deal with an outcome that has, you know, come in front of me. So I think that's the best way I do it. And now with other people, I spend more time asking questions. You know, I spend that's a lot right. more time asking questions, hoping that it'll help them have their own aha moments, uh, as opposed to simply kind of just giving it to them um, or giving them an opinion. Because I think sometimes we have to build those connections in our brain. And sometimes, you know, the answer is right there. And you just got to ask the certain right questions and then they start to connect to each other. And then all of a sudden people are like, oh, wait a minute. I have been expecting more from other people than I've been expecting of myself. Maybe I should spend more time living up and keeping my own promises to myself. And it won't hurt so much when other people break theirs to me. And it's been a journey. You know, I, I was telling Ian half my time being in Los Angeles. Like the first rule I had to learn was don't take it personal. Mm. Everybody says, hey, One we should Don meet Miguel's up. Four agreements, right? Yeah, exactly. Don't take it personally. Don't take it personal. And it's a. Uh, it's helped a lot, but then at the same time, you know, and it also gives me pleasant surprises when I meet great people like you who say they're going to do something and, and it gets done within 12 hours. And it's like, oh, I've spent too much time in L.A. and I've been a little too jaded. <laughs> Assuming everybody just says things for the sake of saying them. And there actually are real people who follow through. And uh, ironically, one of the most uh, stand up individuals I've met in Los Angeles is a, uh, an agent. And he, you know, he does what he says every single time, big and small. And, and it's helping me shed some of my biases of what I thought that place was and the priorities. And now I've taken more responsibility in, in ensuring my environment and the people that I surround myself with are of a certain caliber. Yeah, that helps a lot. I, I think one of the things I want to go into, though, is so people have these revelations, myself included, right? And whenever I talk about people, I talk about myself because I, I really feel like I experience maybe not the same specifics, but the overall general themes, because yeah. we all experience these overall general themes. And one of them is knowing something and learning it and having these moments, those aha moments like you talk about, those deep moments of introspection where it's like, you know what, man? All that matters is you show up and do your best, release the outcome. And then here I am, time number 172, yeah. focused on the fucking outcomes, right? Yeah. And then reminding myself again, okay, no worries, just do your best and show up and that's what matters. And then back to my somber, depressive states where I'm concerned about the outcomes and I'll find some justification, some new way where I can justify why the outcome is more important than the process. Mm -hmm. 
And it's, it's, it's interesting, man. It's interesting how tenacious some of these old patterns that we have to unlearn are, even when we know better. Yeah. You know, the old stuff is just fucking, it's thick and it's dense and it's, and we've been baptized in it and it takes a while. And it, and it goes right back to our expectations. It's, it's just like, you know, going to the gym. If I want to start out a workout plan today and I was like, oh, I went to the gym three days in a row and I don't look like Aubrey, <laughs> you know, I'm going to give up. And what you realize is it's going to be very incremental and the baby yeah. steps add up. And I guess the challenge I, I always try to pose to people is, hey, in, instead of focusing simply on the outcome, which we always naturally do and start thinking about that pot of gold and not have so much fun on the rainbow, um, just celebrate the direction we're heading in, you know, whether, you know, where you're more cognizant of being more journey oriented now than you were a year ago or two years ago and changing vocabulary. One great one I learned was, you know, get rid of the word enough. Stop asking, am I doing enough? And just say, am I doing plenty? Mm-hmm. And knowing that, you know, great things come from developing habits and habits, you know, come from every day. What's going to be part of our, our daily ritual and, incorporating that into my ritual everything i want to do to improve my life celebrating the fact that hey i've i'm doing a little bit better than i did yesterday i'm definitely not where i want to be but you know if everything works out i got another 60 70 years to make it happen and sometimes a little bit better requires the perspective to know that you're a little bit better today maybe actually a lot worse than it was last week yeah you know because these things have a natural volatility that like you could totally forget everything and blow it you know but you're not really because that was just you had to go backtrack and relearn from another place or even maybe even stretch that rock bottom place like to find like oh i thought i hit the rock bottom of this particular pattern whatever pattern that is or whatever situation that is which like actually there was a little soft landing there let me go back down to bedrock and find where that was so i can create the true understanding that will actually help me move forward you're absolutely right and i also think it's a mindset thing that we have as society so you know being on in western society we think a lot more linear we think a lot more beginning middle and end even though nature works in a cycle you know our sleep works in a cycle most things that are natural uh work in a cycle and if we think about our progress you know we should be going in a cycle we should be having our high times we should have our low times uh, our strong times are not so strong times and i think if we understand things more cyclically um, it'll be easier to kind of bear when things aren't as optimal as we want them to be. Yeah. Um, and I always try to remind that to people in California. I'm like, y'all don't have any seasons out here. <laughs> you guys don't know. I'm like, come to Toronto. You know, we have seasons and we remember that. And I think and that's helped me uh, really kind of come to terms with a lot of these challenges that I deal with as well. It's like, hey, you're in different seasons. You know, certain seasons begin, certain seasons end. And that's no different for relationships. And that's no different for uh passions and uh, obsessions you know certain things will will transform into different things and that's okay you have to kind of allow the natural take of things pay attention because often when we're talking about things like that um especially with healing there's a lot we can do to slow down the progress there's very little we can do to speed it up Mm -hmm. yeah it has its natural its natural pace and i think to be mindful too that the people you're with may have certain expectations of you to be in a certain season yeah like you may have friends who want it to be fucking summer abundant yeah you know where you're just like ready to roll and things are happy and cheerful and that's going to be the expectation they have and you know you have to either be comfortable being like yeah 
like uh i love you but it's it's like winter internally here for me yeah. and i'm feeling quiet and and either make the choice to be alone for those times yeah. and like be with yourself and have that time and space or have the the comfort with those people that are surrounding you whether it's your lover or whether it's your friend or be like yo like i'm fucking kind of sad i'm in the winter here and it's not like i want to i'm going to try and wallow in this but i just want to let you know that i'm not going to put on the 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 summer jovial version of myself because that's not authentic to me right now and that'll actually be exhausting and as soon as you leave and walk out the room there'll be that big sigh and i'll be even you know longer in the process because i haven't surrendered to the season that i'm in and i think for me i find so much that all of these things when i like fight winter to try to make it summer it just prolongs the winter exactly if i just accept ah it's fucking winter time right now like i'm a little sad and it's probably best for me to be alone and you know bounce around the house from my meditation room to the outside and to the porch and just walk around in circles and that might be my day yeah and that's okay yeah you know but when it's like no i gotta i gotta get up and i gotta be productive and i gotta i got, I got this new book that i could write and like yeah. force myself to do it there's times for that there's times for that warrior ethos of like i'm gonna show up no matter fucking what yeah but there's also times to just surrender to what you're really feeling maybe you're a little lonely maybe you're yeah. a little sad it's okay it's complete and that goes back to that self-compassion and that's where that fine line between self-compassion and self-pity exists where you're like hey look I need to take care of myself right now. I need to stay in bed today or I need to watch a lot of silly, funny things on Netflix today. And it's kind of like you break your leg. You broke your leg. Again, there's very little you can do to speed up the healing, but there's a gang of things we can do to slow it down. Mm-hmm. And I think you, you hit it on the nose where self-awareness is essential. You know, it takes self-awareness for you to realize that you're even going through a winter or today's not that summer. And sometimes I know for me specifically, I am not really big on venting any of my frustrations and my challenges to many of the people in my lives. And by default, that has them assume that, you know, everything is Zen and beautiful in my life. So then they come to me with theirs. And sometimes you got to be like, hey, I can't afford what's coming out of your garbage truck today <laughs> because I've already hit capacity. You just don't know about it, but I've hit capacity. And sometimes it's about putting that phone away. As you said, walking around the house, maybe, you know, sometimes for me, it's eating carbs, yeah. uh, you know, watching yeah. something really stupid, funny, or a favorite movie, doing yeah. something nostalgic. And it's just about trying to get yourself back to where you need to be. So you can, again, you know, re, re-energize yourself and, and tap back into that warrior ethos. Yeah. I had an experience last night, actually. So I had a really, um, really beautiful time with my partner, Whitney Miller. And we were had, we had a great night and it was a lot of fun. We saw some friends, we had some great food, we had a few drinks and, you know, great sexy night back in back in the place and then afterwards you know there's there's some parts of the there's parts of me that are in transformation and turbulence precedes transformation is something that i'm realizing as well and and so some of the a lot of the night was focused on romance and distraction and energy and then intoxication to a certain degree of both lust and alcohol and all of the things and as it kind of settled in um you know i i she just mentioned like hey like what's going on how you doing and there was nothing that i wanted to talk to her about but i was like you know what it's just fucking rad that even like after a couple drinks and whatever that that subtle change in my own headspace that you just acknowledged it and there's nothing i want to talk about Mm. but i just want to recognize you for being like for noticing that the season changed because i think so many times we can not even pay attention and and that actually that actually is is hard like if, if we're outside and all of a sudden it goes from being sunny to being like the clouds come over and it starts to drizzle and everybody's still 
applying suntan lotion in, the, in that point you're like what the fuck are you doing like yeah. are we not living in the same space yeah. but just to have somebody there who can see you like see through and acknowledge like oh the, the clouds moved over like everything good and then for me to be able to to not need to like indulge and go into it and try it one in the morning <laughs> to unravel yeah. these things that are a year-long process yeah. that are let me, me get started yeah. yeah exactly but to just be like no no thanks for noticing the clouds all is well yeah just the clouds and you know we can go to bed and i think some sometimes that's really all we need and that, and you talk a lot about listening on you know in all your posts and things but that's part of part of listening is first like getting still enough to see yes and not needing to fix she didn't need to fix me but yeah. just be like oh yeah i see the clouds like you good you good lover you know and, and i think that's important even on your end to allow yourself to be seen i yeah. think you know when i went through uh, some of my most traumatic situations a couple of years back you know i made an active effort not to be that guy who wore trust issues on on his sleeve like a badge of honor like so many people labeled those oh i got trust issues i didn't want to be that person but they yeah. still had you know developed you know subconsciously and the last thing i wanted to do was share myself to anybody and it can go the other way you know some people get very i want to say it's go as far as being violent when they are seen when people yeah. are literally like what are you looking at and they're not upset that your eyes are in their way they actually feel like you see them and now all of a sudden, you know, it, it gets primal. scary. It's scary. You know why it's scary? It's scary because if someone actually sees you yeah. and actually judges the real you and not the fucking avatar that you're projecting out there and pretending that everything, then you're, you feel vulnerable to yeah. actually getting rejected for the truth of who you are, which is their story. Ex though, right? Exactly. Like you can't take that personal, but it, that's, I think, what's scary. People don't want to acknowledge who they are and they don't want anybody else to see who they are because... We're all terrified that if we sing our true song, you know, not the falsetto version that we try to yeah. play out, but if we sing our true song and nobody claps to the true song, shit, we don't got other cards to play. Like this is this is us. Yeah, this I, is really. And, us. I, and ironically, I think for me the game changer was uh, it was Lindsay Sterling, who's an amazing violinist and musician, yeah. and in her documentary, she she said a line. She goes, "I finally found the strength to be vulnerable," and I was, that was just one of them, like. And I was like, holy crap. I always thought people who were vulnerable were the weakest. Mm. And it's the other way. And you start to realize is when you show, when you find that strength to be vulnerable and you share that authentic, non-auto-tuned, non-falsetto song, it will connect with people on, on a much deeper level. And you'll by sharing your story, you'll help people discover their own. And it's, it's the only way. It's the only way. And so it's how we've been doing it since we've been drawing on caves. Yeah. You know, it's, it's always been about sharing stories and and, the, and, and it's so ironic because people want to feel significant and seen. And right now we're doing it through counting our likes and all these metrics and, and, and popularity and validation. But the truth is we're not being seen. Mm -hmm. And until we, we find that strength to be vulnerable and allow people to see who we are. And I think for me, um, you know, once I left teaching and, and I got into the world of art, I, I, I thought I signed a record deal. So I thought I had the money and I took a year of denial to realize it wasn't coming and swiped all my credit cards you know uh maxed out all my line of credit and i was 80 grand in debt have, having a mortgage payment to pay having no idea how i was going to pay it the moment of strength for me was when people asked me how are you doing admitting it you know i used to be like yeah, i'm fine everything's cool even though i was i lost 20 pounds and as you can see i don't have 20 pounds to lose <laughs> and you know so I, it was 20 pounds lighter than what you see in front of you and 
and and lying. And then when I got to the point, I was like, yeah, no, yeah, I am. I definitely am getting more popular, but I'm not making any money and I'm struggling and I probably have to sell my place and move back in with mom and dad. And just to even see it on their face, be like, whoa, didn't expect that level of honesty, but mm-hmm. appreciate it. And nobody actually made me feel bad for it. If anything, some people were like, okay, how could I help? Yeah. And it was that moment that I had to overcome that and I had to take steps back because there were people who were there on that journey giving me pragmatic advice that I was violently uh, pushing away. You know, they're like, hey, if that deal's not coming in, you got to figure out a way to pay this mortgage. Maybe you got to sell the place. Maybe you got to sell that fancy computer you bought to record on. Maybe you got to do this. And I was just like, yo, why, why are you telling me to give up? Why are you telling me to, yeah. to, to, to take steps back? And then realizing later that, hey, they had my best interest in mind. They saw me, mm-hmm. you know, the way your partner saw you. And step number one was to call them and apologize and be like, thank you for having my back and telling me what I didn't want to hear. Yeah. But that is definitely because our fear is a compass. It points us to the direction we should be heading. Yeah. It's uh, it's one of the clearest signposts yeah. of something where there's either external work or external work that needs to be done. Right. Yeah. And so oftentimes, you know, we'll be in those states of retraction. Like we'll see the challenge. I, I've kind of laughed at myself for certain situations because, you know, I'm in some ways, if on it was an army, I'm the general yeah. here, right? And, you know, there's 190 employees and it's a, a massive organization with a lot of people following and attached and, you know, ancillary troops, you could say, yeah. that are all involved in this and all the customers and all the people who follow it. It's an it. ecosystem. And it's an ecosystem. And, I'm, you know, I have the the honor to be the general of yeah. this. But, you know, some of, some of the times, you know, there's been really challenging stuff that has come up and instead of moving forward to the front which i always do eventually but sometimes i'll just like retract back to my tent and there's a a recent a recent in my tent being my own little world where i'm trying to work on the internal processes and release my own attachments is that the trampoline yeah yeah the trampoline's (laughs) involved in the tent for sure but i was thinking i was like can you imagine that let's say i really was the general of an army let's go back in time and i was alexander the great or julius caesar and they're like hey the the troops are in trouble we got the enemy flanking us on these sides we got this and i was like as the general was like cool I'm going to go back to my tent and I'm going to work on my attachment to winning the battle <laughs> for a little while. And I'll let you know when I could come back and lead after I've released my attachment to winning this thing. Yeah. And I noticed myself doing that. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, fine, dude, do the internal work. Great. You have to do that anyways. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't show up, yeah. you know, and put your heart out there and put on the polished brass double plumed helmet and fucking Mount Bucephalus the stallion and say all right yeah i have to release some attachment my fear of death my fear of identity my fear of all this but i'm getting on this fucking horse with my polished helmet and we're gonna go regardless and i'll do the work in the meantime yeah you know and figure it out as we go figure out as we go and it's that balance of like not getting so internal and retracted you know but also knowing that you need to do that work but then also sometimes you got to actually go out and do it too you know like during my book release I had all kinds of crazy relationship stuff that I was internally, but when it came time for the book release, like I was there at every one of those different events and everything, opening myself up and giving it and collapsing at the end of the night. But it is that it is this interesting dance of like knowing that there is this external part that you have to do and this internal part that you have to do and to not get too caught up in just doing the internal or just doing the external, like both 
yes. have to be done. And that's the thing on the outside. People will be like, oh, Aubrey's so brave. This guy's just handling it all and he's making it happen without realizing that, you know, we don't over we don't overcome a fear, then move forward. We move forward to overcome the fear. Yeah. You know, the bravery doesn't exist in the absence of fear. Bravery is moving despite the fear. And I mean, I, I commend you for that. 190 employees. I got two. <laughs> I got two. And sometimes the simplest questions they ask me got me wanting to curl up in a ball sometimes. And I'm just like, you know, and my uh, my go-to is I trust your judgment. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then promising myself, yeah, promising myself not to be upset if they make a decision I'm not happy with. Um, but it's, it's taught me a lot about, you know, myself because I do plan to expand and grow and, and it's, it's about learning and, and, you know, piggybacking off the ideas and learning from best practices from folks like yourself and really refining this art of, of leadership, both internally and externally. Yeah. That's, um, life is just such a great, it's such a great school. Yes. You know, like to really look at life as a school instead of looking at it. And in all the ways that we look at it, I don't even know what most people use as the metaphor for life, but it's like, look at it as a school, a place mm. to learn and a place to play. And like, that's really what we're here to do. Learn. And, and please respect that tuition is due upfront. <laughs> please respect that. It, it isn't a free class. Yeah. You know, what you learn is what you earn and you have to, you have to pay tuition and everything that people consider a failure is just is tuition fees at the school of life. What are the other tuition fees? What are, what are the prerequisites to to enter the school? What is what is the I mean the prerequisite? I mean everyone's we're all given a ticket. You know we all got to attend class whether we like it or not. Um, I think the prerequisites to 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 be a teacher's pet is to prioritize understanding over judgment. You know not mm -hmm. simply superficially in terms of judging people. I mean you should try your best to understand others, not just to simply judge them, um, but also yourself and your life. Let's not judge life as, oh, this oh this happened today. This is good. This happened today. This is bad. Try your best to understand and realize that everything is much more complex than simply saying it's good or bad. And the more we understand is that's where we extract the lessons and the value and, and the learning. And that's why some of the most impactful people on the planet didn't bring something brand new to the world. They just brought it from a new perspective. Sure. Um, so having, you know, for me, I always can say open ears, open heart, open eyes and open mind. You had a post, I was reading through some of your posts today, and you had a post talking about people who have so much bias towards something. Yeah. And you actually used the political example you were talking about Trump. Like yeah. people have so much anti-Trump bias yes. that they cannot recognize yes. any good thing that might have come from his administration yeah. or such pro-Trump bias yeah. that they can't recognize any of the idiocy that might have come from you know some of his choices as well. Yeah. Because you... And, and that's something that we all have to be mindful of, of all of these different biases that actually undermine our ability to understand all of these judgments that preclude us from like learning and analyzing anything because there is no such thing as a black and like black and white good and bad all the best fucking movies have a villain that you kind of like a little bit yeah. you know and a hero that's kind of fucked up a little bit yeah you know because that's real that's like yeah. that's really what it's like like pure evil and pure good yeah. they're good abstractions yeah. you know but they're it's not this is not that's not in the school yeah you know that's in the platonic ideals or the you know biblical you know extrapolation of polarity but yeah. not in like real life not definitely not in real life and i mean i think shout out to toy story i think that was one of the first stories <laughs> that kind of came out there where you had this character named woody and he didn't he wasn't going up against an evil villain he was going up against 
his poor qualities of being selfish, not wanting to share, and over. And we watched the film of him overcoming that. And, and it's exactly in, in in that post. I know, and and I did get a lot of backlash for that because I I simply said if you think this man can do no wrong, then you're probably closed-minded. If you think this man can do no right, then you're probably closed-minded. We have to kind of exist in the middle, and how we judge other people is probably a reflection of how we judge ourselves. And I know you're self-employed, so you probably have the most difficult boss you've ever worked with because he can get away with saying things to you that you would never let anyone else say to you, nor would you ever say to anybody else. And I found that with myself. And it's like, hey, if I want to be kinder to myself, I need to be kinder to others. um, And I need to recognize where these voices came from. And sometimes they came from my immigrant parents who didn't have the tools. That doesn't mean I'm a victim of their decisions. It means I had to recognize, okay, they grew up in a village without electricity. They raised me the best they could. They brought me over to this side of the pond. I got more education. I can do better. Certain cycles that that they were raised in, I can break them. I can have that self-awareness to do so. Uh, And I know you've spoken about the same when it came to your father. And it's a, a very important thing for us to do where it's our relationship on the internal and our journeys on this universe inside of us will so better prep us to deal with everything around us until eventually we realize that they're one and the same. Yep. Yeah, that that idea that those things, it's kind of like a a spiritual truism that those things that annoy you about another person are things that annoy you about yourself. But I think like it's worth like exploring and really diving deeper because the reflective process of that is so much greater than we recognize. Like I I remember there was a time where I actually went and I wrote out all of the things that i was frustrated with whitney about right all of the things that i was frustrated and then i really took the opportunity to look back at myself and see if i exemplified which of those characteristics and there was maybe seven eight things on the sheet and all but one i could absolutely identify (laughs) in myself yeah you know like one i was like whoa like and I would have before that that exercise before asking myself okay this thing that I wish she would do have I done that I don't know I haven't oh this thing I wish she was more am I example no I haven't yeah. like no and before that exercise you know that was like a real game changer that was a point of a, of inflection to being like oh no like what am I trying to do am I going to tell her to go first and say like no no I'm not going to do any of this stuff but I want you to do all this stuff. And then maybe I'll think about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no, go first. Yeah. You want you want someone to, for, you know, you want forgiveness. You have a relationship that's strained with your parents or whatever. You want them to say sorry. You say sorry first. Yes. You know, like, go first. That, that's, want- that's a massive one in my, in, in my community. You know, being a child of an immigrant and a lot of the people, folks from the, the diaspora, is they're, they're coming. We're first generation. I was born in Canada. My parents weren't. And they want me to, to take a safe and secure route. And, and we make the joke, call it the doctor, lawyer, engineer one job Mm -hmm. to be a doctor lawyer engineer and probably me maybe about four of my colleagues in the art world have probably surpassed that tax bracket where we make more money than a doctor lawyer engineer right and trying to break that cycle so for my nieces and my nephews to to, to have them realize that hey you have other options Um, these other options will probably require a lot more work and independent thought because there isn't a template and and a school system in there for there but a lot of folks are reaching out to me like, my parents don't understand. How did you make your parents understand? And I said, listen, it wasn't about making them understand anything. It was about 
recognizing the gap and just as you said taking the first step to building the bridge yeah and realizing hey where did they come from well my parents would never ever say why to their own parents that was that was completely unacceptable the parents said jump they just jumped they did they didn't even ask how high they would just jump you don't question your parents mm. and then for them to come to this country and watch their children become more independent thinkers question everything um take routes and life decisions that they've never even heard of we don't my people punjabi people in general don't have the strongest history of art because we're, we're in north india we're we, we were the entrance to an empire so we've been under attack since alexander the great so we've never had a lot of stability to even pursue art and now we're having a renaissance now because a lot of folks came over to this side and recognizing all of these things and saying hey they're not simply wanting you to be a doctor so they can brag to their friends. They they are all scrubbing toilets and my dad's a cab driver and my mother worked in the Kellogg's factory. I'm like, they all, and my father has a master's degree, you know, and my mother has a university degree as well. They all gave that all up. So you, and, and in their mind is so you can study math and you can study science and you can get that six-figure job and create some stability. They don't understand how the world works over here. They don't understand layoffs. They don't understand government cutbacks as much. So they don't realize that these safe and stable jobs aren't safe and stable either. Sure. And being an entrepreneur is probably, you know, the, the best thing to equip you to really understand the jungle that we have out here. You know, when you realize that you have to be on your toes and be much more responsive to things. And it required me to show them that. Sometimes I have to do the simple things like show them the checks I make and, you know, flaunt like I'm a rapper to them. Um, <laughs> And, and other times, it's just about kind of bringing it to them. Like my mother, I put her in a video to to promote to promote my book, and then she got recognized in the mall. And it was a very unpleasant experience for her. She didn't like the attention. She's like, don't ever put me in a video again. I don't want this to ever happen. And it's recognizing that instead of simply, again, going back to self-pity and being like, nobody understands me. My mom and dad don't understand me. And it's like, well, are we making efforts to understand them? We have more tools to understand them. You know, my parents... Uh, a really special person in my life, their mother got in a car accident and as part of the, the insurance process had to go through therapy and um, had a Punjabi speaking therapist. She would go and just lie every session. Hmm. She never, they never went beyond the surface. Cause she was like, why would I tell <clears throat> a stranger my problems? You know, PTSD isn't a thing. They don't understand trauma. Post, uh, post, uh, uh, traumatic syndrome when it comes to birth, you know, prenatal trauma and what yeah. have you. Th these aren't things that exist. You know, my mother had to take a cab to to the hospital to give birth to me because my dad was working. Yeah. You know, it was a much different world. And it's up to us, I believe, to 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 build that bridge with them. And, I, and and again, I commend you for doing the same thing with the special people in your life. And it's, I mean, it's it's really essential to like see everybody. And that could be even, so we're talking about family, yeah. which is obviously something that's, you know those relationships are going to be something that typically lasts and of course there's the choice to you know not make them last and whatever but they're they're deep and meaningful relationships but we have the choice to actually see people regardless yeah. of who whether we know them or not it could be that person who just says something on social media you know like so one of the things <laughs> one of the things that you know I encounter is so my father was he was a commodities trader and he was one of the early adopters to futures trading he was he was written about in a book called market wizards and he was very successful doing that and so he made a lot of money in the 80s and so but that money that was his path and his job and 
what he did but people will still go because that's out there in public record that my father was a successful commodities trader people will discredit the entirety of everything that i've ever done mm-hmm. like Psh, dad had money bro <laughs> you know like uh, well whatever whatever you're doing is bullshit because yeah. you know Psh, who wouldn't yeah. you know <laughs> you know and then that's hard because i know that you know my family didn't put in a penny into this because my dad wanted me to work at fucking goldman sachs yeah. you know he didn't want me to be an entrepreneur he didn't think that was where he wanted me to have the safe yeah. thing and that's fine and and that's all good but to understand that that person instead of getting triggered and flustered like well fuck you man like i didn't get they, it's not my money like that's that had nothing to do with this it's not it's not why i'm fucking podcasting and writing books it's because yeah. i have this fucking imaginary trust fund and and i would get all worked up but what then you can go and make the choice to see is like okay why is that why is that bothering me well in some ways that yes it is untrue and unjust to a certain degree but yes i did have massive advantages in some other ways too like that i got to experience and acknowledging the blessings of having the life opportunities that i had there but then also going to that very person who's saying that and saying you know what that person is probably really hard on themselves for not getting what they wanted and not being where they think they are and it's easier for them to externalize the fault rather than to say oh yeah actually it's it's on me it's easier for them to say like well shit if i if my parents were rich i'd be fucking doing whatever whatever else too you know but since they're not like you know that removes all responsibility for me but it really comes from their own self-judgment and so it allows me instead of getting angry and flustered and wanting to argue with them and get in a thing like ah like oh man like i get it like you, you just need to love yourself more man yeah. and you can accomplish you really do you and, and and you need to create a, a story that allows absolves you from taking responsibility for why you're not in aubrey's situation like oh aubrey had advantages i didn't that's why he was able to accomplish what i couldn't and as you said yeah when people criticize us they're telling us their story not ours and these criticisms bother us what i know for myself is the criticisms would bother me if they agreed with a voice that was already in my head. You know, yeah. if somebody had already said something like that. And it was my responsibility to kind of be mindful of that. And um, I'm so grateful that all my childhood friends are assholes. And, you know, we've been taking <laughs> shots and throwing darts at each other forever. And very rarely do I see anything online meaner than the things that my my, my really good friends say to me on a regular <laughs> basis. Yeah. So now I'm able to kind of just look at these and like, wow, that that wasn't witty enough. Was I not worth your best material? Okay, let's let's yeah. move on. And and really seeing that. And I, and I've and now I've got to that point because my story, again, I'm I'm the son of a cab driver. And now I'm getting messages like, well, it's easy for you. You're famous. And I was like, <laughs> do you think I came out of the box famous? A lot, yeah. of, a lot of guys that look like me are not popular, especially on this side of the planet. And it's, you know, this was from day one. And everybody that I work with that's also doing extremely well, we all started out together and we just made this shit up as we went. And a lot of trial and error. But you can't explain that to every individual person. You just hope one day that. You either either thing everything and it goes back to this everything i think we were actually talking about this before we even went on air like everything has its own specific set of challenges mm-hmm. right like yes having parents that are that are wealthy has its for sure advantages you know like i didn't have to go in deep into debt to go and study at university but yeah. that was a fucking huge advantage i got to meet really interesting people yeah you know when i was growing and being a part of really interesting conversations yeah you know but nonetheless i like 
there's other things that could undermine that too there's the expectation of trying to live up to what your parents have done right yeah. and then there's the power that they wield because of the position that they're in and then there's the opportunity to lean you know i was fortunate they actually denied me most of that opportunity to really lean on them but if you make it too easy for anybody like parents who are wealthy that make it too easy for their yeah. kids those kids aren't fucking killing it yeah you know what i mean like that's another type of challenge the challenge of well actually i could just take the money that's right here in front of me or i could carve my own way and like truly sing my song and not waste it on nightclubs and and other things like yeah that's a challenge and then the challenge of being the son of a immigrant cab driver is another yeah. set of challenges because you're really starting from fucking scratch but yeah. that hunger is there and the fallback plan isn't there the hunger is there the fallback know? plan but also as it there are benefits to it as well like just yep. me learning what was important to me you know even growing up my father just continually said to me as long as you're in school you will never have to worry about money, whatever you want. And I'm talking about, he was saying this to me when I was like seven. So for me, I was interpreting this as, so I can get five bucks for pizza night, like, you know, at school. And, and, I, and I would get it. But, and then as I got older and, and, I, and I left to become an artist, you know, he, he goes, I don't understand why you're becoming an artist. I don't get it. Whenever I watch a documentary about artists on TV, they all go crazy and kill themselves. You know, I don't want you to go nuts, you know, being a crazy artist. And then like pops, if I don't do this, I'll go nuts. And, to see him being like, all right, you know, good luck. And his method of support was just staying out of the way completely, not mm -hmm. having an opinion. And maybe four or five years later, him kind of giving me ideas. Hey, maybe you should write about this. Maybe you should talk about this. That's but dope. it taught me a lot about even just the value of money, um, knowing what was really important to me. Like my father, even though he was a cab driver, you know, paid off the house mortgage in 10 years. I, I still don't know how, but he did it. And, and my mother, you know, she worked in a factory for about two years and she hurt herself. And then, you know, she, she stayed at home. But that's what triggered our relationship with spirituality and, and becoming lifelong learners. Sikh, uh, Sikhi, our heritage. Sikh means student. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and for me, being a student through my heritage, but also becoming a teacher. And all teachers, ideally, are to be lifelong learners. If you, if you work in the classroom, you know, you can do it for 40 years and every day is going to be different and something new to learn. And them creating that environment for me you know i couldn't trade that for the world and i and i do see that because you know i'm hanging out with my nephews and my nieces and you know playing silly games like hey if you could have one last meal what would it be and i'm talking about the fries and gravy at the place across the street from my high school and my nephew's like yeah i really like this sushi over here and mm -hmm. and talking about some stuff I'm like sushi i didn't have sushi till i was like 25 <laughs> man i was like wow you guys are living real good yeah but it's and it, it comes with this it's everything comes with its challenges and everything comes with its benefits and i think it's going back to being self-aware to recognize that and recognize that no matter what everybody's got their own set of set of shit yes you know and it's like the idea that we need to race to figure out who's got the toughest lot well if resistance ultimately creates assistance it is the thing that catapults us like it is it's all woven it's all woven together in this yeah. intricate thing like things are too easy people get soft things yeah. are too things are too hard it's a fucking grind but you're gonna have some fucking diamonds that come yeah. out of this right and there's some element that's all built in so recognize that yeah there are privileges that certain one of us have but one of the privileges is struggle yeah you know like all things can be a privilege all things can be a curse yeah. everything has its own inherent balance of assistance and resistance that's kind of naturally built in so just fucking recognize that and love all people and 
you know, reserve your judgment for all people because there's going to be shit that people have to go with. Like challenge is synonymous with human. Yes. You know, like no matter what challenge is synonymous with human, whether that's internalized or externalized, sometimes the external challenges are immense. Sometimes the internal challenges are immense. Yeah. You know, there's no, there's no, nothing that says that, you know, if you're wealthy, you don't commit suicide because your life is so bad. We obviously know that that's not fucking yeah, true. Completely. Right. Like, so the, there's internal and external and all this. And that can hopefully help people just start to love each other no matter what camp they come from, no matter what color they come from, no matter what they decide to do with their genitals, which is nobody's fucking business to care about anyways. Do whatever you want with them. You yeah. want to put them in a dude? You want to put them in a girl? Like, whatever. Yeah. They're your genitals. Like, get over it. Yeah. You know, or you want to, oh, you want to eat this plant? Well, eat the plant. Yeah. You know, like, fucking <laughs> eat the plants and do what you want with your fucking dick. Like, yeah. why are we so worried about what other people are doing? Because it these? helps us uh, avoid having to worry about what we're doing. Right. And 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 you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I, you know, I want to shout out um kevin rose because every time i go on his instagram stories he's taking a cold shower campaign or he's <laughs> attaching himself to these stretched up machines he's a successful entrepreneur i'm just like you you just spend all your time making yourself uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> i'm just like you know shout, shout out to you for that and 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 you're absolutely right it's like you know an easy day at the gym probably wasn't a very successful day at the gym right you know we we need that struggle we need that resistance and it's life is hard Anybody who told you it was going to be easy is lying to you or selling something to you. Like it's supposed mm. to be hard. It's not going to get easier. We'll just get stronger. Uh, and even when I say like, you know, trying to use my ability to put words together to help life feel lighter. I'm saying feel lighter, not be lighter. It's going to feel lighter because we get stronger. And I think that's the important thing here. And we just have to recognize that we can't have super high expectations and try to make that hold hands with our super low patients. You know, mm. it's going to be very incremental. Just drop and, fire right now. <laughs> the world gets I mean, lighter when you get stronger. This is my morning like, conversation just with it. myself every Man. single day. Just even me being like, all right, do I have time to, to grab breakfast, write an article, do all these things before I even make it to the office for the podcast? It's like, hey, be realistic. You know, forgive yourself for not getting 30 things done today just because you're hanging out with all these high performers. It's okay. You know, and again, being around amazing individuals like yourself like jay shetty like lewis just everybody being able to share openly because i think that's the other thing we have as well as, as as males is we many of us were raised in spaces where it's like hey even if you can be vulnerable don't mm -hmm. because other people are going to pounce on that they're going to smell blood and they're going to pounce on that and explore prison that. rules bitch prison rules yeah. <laughs> yeah and you're like no like let's and and i and i realized with that myself with, with my childhood friends because I thought we were all like that. And then slowly I realized like, wait, they are having the real talks, but they're just moving over to the corner and they're assuming that I'm not the safe space. Right. To talk about it. Because I never talked about my relationship issues. I never talked about my struggles with them. So they just thought, hey, or maybe I made fun of them once when we were like 17 and it, and it hurt them. So now when they're having their talks about their wives or, or, their, or their challenges, they're having them in the corner. And it, it's up to me to go there now and be like, no, no, I'm, I'm a safe space too. I can, I can add some value and to this. And fucking lead first with vulnerability. Lead first with lead the vulnerability. Lead first, you man. know, like you want to have these conversations? Okay, go first. Yeah, you know? exactly. Go for it. Don't wait till you're all drunk and you're not going to remember it. Like, go first. Show up. Have a coffee and be like, hey, this is, a, I was, I've been fucking seriously depressed for the last two, two weeks or I've been fucking anxious and I'm on these mm. sleep meds and like, this is the shit that's going on and I have these thoughts and 
fuck i don't know if i'm gay you know like whatever it is like just fucking say what it is it doesn't matter like lead with that first and then they'll be like oh damn okay well i'll share what i'm going through right now you know and it can be anything but that that idea of leading first with your vulnerability like that's going to bridge the connection with yourself too because it's going to remove the shame and and then connect with others definitely to connect with others and as as the great wise jay-z said (laughs) you can't heal what you don't reveal and I think, you know, that, that, that was an impactful statement when, when I started to realize that because, again, we have, that's what, why we have to unlearn these things where we're like, hey, we've been taught to keep it to yourself. Or if you tell people certain things, you know, they're going to look at you different. But like, hey, let them, you know, let them look at you different. Let them know that you're a flawed human being. And, you know, and, and, and I'm really grateful to be in, in circles now where we're leading this charge. You know, we're, we're, we're on the front lines and, you know leading the charge to be like hey i am flawed i do make mistakes and you can't hold this against me because i'm giving it to you right now it's kind of like eminem at the end of eight mile you yeah. know he's like he's disarming everybody by 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 ex- exploiting himself and, and sharing it with the entire world be like look there's nothing you can black blackmail me with there's nothing you can there's no dirty secrets in my closet anymore this is who i am and i'm going to share this and maybe somebody else can hear my story and provide me with some insight or maybe people can hear my story and find some insight in this and continue us growing together as a community and and collaborate on the art of being a better person there's a in in cyrano's final cyrano de bergerac's my favorite play in the in his final scene in his death scene he has he always wears a hat with a white plume and he calls it his panache which is basically his like integrity and his his kind of morality that Mm. he's kept and he talks about as that goes to sweep the thresholds of heaven it will go unstained and like that's something that i think we all have to use as one of these one of these markers one of these signposts to say like allow ourselves to expose all of those parts of the shadow like reveal all of the things that are that are about ourselves all of those thoughts and feelings and things we've done and and just share all of that put that all out to the sunlight and the natural washing machine of the revelation and and the sharing and the truth of that will actually allow us to be you know in that same position where our white plume of our integrity and who we are will you know will brush the heavens before we pass and like what better than that like don't fucking go down with a bunch of secrets and a legacy of hiding and pretending and just just fucking let it out yeah, like, well, it's gonna come out anyway it's H- gonna HBO come is gonna make a doc about you <laughs> <laughs> 10 years later so stuff's gonna get figured out but you're absolutely right and i, I think about um i took a lot of inspiration from amanda palmer who who, who um kicked the kickstarter for her album and raised over a million dollars and her final gesture of gratitude was showing up at a venue completely naked and having people sign her and it was just a sign of ultimate connection wow. and vulnerability because she started her her journey as a, as a as a living statue on the streets and you know she goes for me it was all about having that one-on-one connection with people and she's like now when they help me bring my artistic journey to to a place where i can create she was i i felt like i owed them everything and for me again it went back to me having to admit i needed help because for so long i didn't and i mean other than probably my mother who had has you know a special wi-fi connection with me nobody knew what was happening with me until i admitted it and then once i admitted it and actually to put this book out i I crowdfunded it independently and i said hey i need help i need to bring this to life i don't know how to do it i don't know how much money it's going to cost i ended up raising 
about 26 grand. And most of the largest contributors were people I never met. I had a Harvard professor contribute just because he was happy to see an artist take his business into his own hands. And that helped me make a friend for life over there. Um, there was a, there was a, uh, Satish Khan, where he's a, he, he's a, he's an exec now at Shopify. His company got purchased by them, but I used to just work out of his office because I needed a place to keep my laptop and where I could use the bathroom and not get robbed. And, you know, so he let me work out of his office, but he was paying attention to how, how hard I was working and he contributed and, mm-hmm. and just realizing that, you know, good things happen when you leave the house, good things happen when you, when you leave yourself, good things happen when you become vulnerable and share. And, and this is nothing revolutionary and new we've been doing this since the dawn of our species and and it's something that we need to continue and i I challenge people also to to not simply look at this as chasing a passion but to look at this as kind of you know our our responsibility if you if you're good at something and you can add value to the world do it and take it serious and some days won't be as good as others but we get up and go to work every day either way if you can really actually dedicate yourself to the good of all like as the you know, great shaman that I've worked with down in Peru, Don Howard says, "Para el bien de todos, for the good of all." Like if you really, really believe that and do that, you get a lot happier and things get a lot simpler because yeah. then you're not so focused on what's going to happen with you or what people are saying or what. It's just like, no, I'm going to show up and I'm going to do my best for the good of all, myself included in the all. I'm part of the all, and I have to support myself. I have to. To be of service, I have to be fit for service, so I have to take care of myself. But you can really make that your top priority, yeah. and then and also knowing that one of your greatest acts of service is going to be to be who you truly are, because you have to help other people have permission to be who they truly are. Yes, you know, not to be you, but to be them. But you being you to the fullest extent gives them permission to be them to the fullest extent. And if we're all being the truth of who we are, then we're fucking acing all the exams in school right yes. like that's what we're here to do yeah we're gonna fail we're gonna learn we're gonna succeed we're gonna not succeed we're it's all but we're all in school and we're all doing what we're there to do if we're actually being who we are instead of trying to be what we're not which becomes ultimately unbearable it does become unbearable and and i need even know for myself is there's a lot less resistance when you want to add value to other people's lives in yeah. comparison to when you want to do for yourself and when i'm when i'm feeling my lowest that's what i turn to as well as service as well so you know i was feeling really hard on myself about a month ago so i replied to an email of somebody asking for a mentorship and i was like okay and i wasn't idealistic about it I was like hey i can give you x amount of hours a month yeah. you know but now let me focus on somebody else and see how that makes me feel and and sick heritage is called seva it's just service and that can be everything from cleaning people's shoes at, at the temple to serving food to philanthropy, to just, you know, holding the door open for the person that's walking behind you, focusing on somebody other than yourself, you know, because we are all one in the grand scheme, you know, whether we're looking at that from a spiritual perspective, whether we're looking at that from an Adam's perspective, you know, mm. we we are the creator and the creation all in one giant thing. And if our egos keep making us think that we're separate from the rest of the ocean, you know, that's the cause of a lot of our misery. And if we can all of our favorite moments in life, whether it's great sex, whether it's, you know, driving a Lamborghini down the street really fast, or whether it's playing roulette and, and watching your number drop is when we're in the present and we're not trapped in the past or in the future. And when we feel like we're part of something bigger than ourselves. And when you fall in love with somebody, it's when your ego boundaries melt. And that's no different than people taking LSD or 
having a you know an ayahuasca experience it's, it melts our ego and we start to feel like we're one with everything else and it's a it's, it's an amazing feeling. thing it is yeah and it's not yeah it's not just psychedelics that can give that love sex presence flow yes you know stillness nature all of these things give us opportunities yeah. but once we once we kind of learn the way and it is unique for everybody for i think you know for some it might just be gardening you yeah. know for other people i know you know i have a friend out here does uh calligraphy you mm-hmm. know and they're obsessed with calligraphy and i think it's amazing that they're obsessed with anything you know yeah. so many of us anything are, that draws you into the present anything that keeps us medicine. present yeah because that's all we have you know yeah. there is no yesterday or tomorrow one of the things that i think is a really important thing to unlearn is the conditional love paradigm and and that's something that i think um i find to be one of the the coolest ways to to interrupt a pattern so like think about it in in relationship context right because in relationship context typically there's if someone's doing what you like you show them more love and even in a parenting context right we learn this from the world you know you do good you get rewards you do good on the basketball court your coach loves you more it was what it feels like you know it really may be actually true you know like if you do well in school the teachers feel that way if you do well at home your parents feel that way if you do well so we have these conditional love patterns where yeah. we're loved if, right? And so one of the things that I think is important to unlearn for ourselves is when we want to be hard on ourselves, love ourselves extra. But if we have somebody like our partner or our lover or a friend who's really fucked up and done something that probably ostensibly, if we were going by Hammurabi's code of <laughs> justice, you know, would deserve some kind an of eye punishment. For an eye, yeah. yeah, an eye for an eye. Like show up with radical love then. Mm. right like that is the pattern interrupt of like oh shit like i just did this horrible thing and i normally the world would punish me but this person is showing up with love here at this at this point in time and that's something that i think is really important for us to to reprogram and repattern so like if if your guy or your girl you know does something that's like not cool and then like but then you show up and you bring flowers then to them even though they just did something shitty to you you bring them flowers then and offer them a long massage and just actually pour love at that point you know how much more fucking powerful that is than if they like if they just killed it they just did something really sweet for you they just wrote and then you rewarded them with the flowers and the massage then at this time where they think that they deserve it but like give it to them when they feel like they don't deserve it to remind them that they always deserve it and that we always fuck up. And I think that's absolutely correct. And thank you for sharing that because I've definitely been struggling with that with myself and, and the special people in my life. And I think it also will help us recognize the cycles of our own love languages when it comes to the people previously in our lives. And, you know, many of us, our first interaction and exposure to love was probably through our parents, whatever mm-hmm. dynamic that may be and whatever we saw. And we all have to be very cognizant that we will always lean towards what's familiar more than what's healthy or more than what's right. So, you know, if we had a an unpleasant upbringing, but that's nostalgic. It's like eating macaroni and cheese or watching mm-hmm. your favorite cartoons again. It just makes you feel like you're back at home and we get stuck in these patterns. And you're absolutely right. I'm, I'm hard on people because I was... I felt people were being hard on me growing up and, mm-hmm. and they probably were, but people were probably hard on them as well. And this is the opportunity to be like, Hey, we recognized it. It's not about placing blame. It's about catching it now, nip it in the bud and breaking the cycle. 
Yeah. Thank you so much for that. That's a for me. That's a revolutionary sure. idea. Yeah, it's got a, a lot of flowers to buy. <laughs> yeah, man, right. And it's it's that's the fucking thing. Like the those moments, like those moments where they they would never expect it. You know, like that's that's when you can show them that they're that they're always loved and always worthy of love. And I yeah. think if we, whenever we get those, like, just recognize that as an opportunity. You know, when everybody's shunning someone because they just did something fucked up, like you can show up and, and not not fit don't fake it yeah. don't coddle them but like genuine love like real capital l love and an act of like that at that moment is yeah. going to be so so powerful and that also reaffirms that we are we are a source of love yep. we're not we don't need love we are a source of love that can give love and you know we putting ourselves making ourselves a priority and filling up our cup and, and sharing the overflow and it's endless you can give as much love as you want and you'll never run out of it and, and that's a great that's a great thing to think about um and that's a great way to practice that thank you so much for that yeah, that's, that's, course, that's super and, dope man and fucking thank you so much for everything you've been doing man i man, mean i appreciate uh, that there's so much cool stuff i can't wait to dive into your book and check it out uh launches april 9th gonna be april everywhere. 9th um yes unlearn april 9th this book has saved my life in so many ways as i said the, the journey of this book is i wrote it independently and I didn't write it to be a book. I was going through some very tough times. And uh, I, I originally started in music. And then my studio engineer got in a fight with his girlfriend, stopped picking up the phone. My video guy was having his own issues. He stopped picking up the phone. I had to figure out something I could do by myself. And I kept writing until what I wrote made me feel good. And um, in, in the process of healing myself, uh, I started sharing and that was that first step of sharing scared scared the shit out of me <laughs> and in the moment i did it it was my community at this point this was back in the facebook days my community said you should write a book and i didn't listen to them i didn't go ahead and sit down and start writing a book i collected all my writings that i'd shared with them and i compiled the book so every chapter in the book is only two pages um super sweet short straight to the point um as, as my friend who wrote a blurb in the back lily singh wrote this book is a straight talking best friend that people need and the only reason I'm so proud and excited about it is because it helped me. And I had to peel away a lot of layers to make this happen. And I challenge folks, just just open the book into any page, anywhere in the book. You don't have to read it in order. You can do it right now. Open it up anywhere. You're going to find something that brings you value. A fear overcome is a strength acquired. I know I'm happy wanting less than getting more and that was just just a random page random page random i didn't fucking page. i didn't book here that page <laughs> no <laughs> no that was just a random ass page so and, and, and that's the thing I, I, I dropped this independently and then it got picked up in canada two years ago and once they put it into the bookstores it became a bestseller there and that you know th this book won't leave me alone it's just it's my firstborn baby and it's been uh taking care taking care of me so well and I'm really excited to bounce it off this, this bigger trampoline. And, and I really appreciate the platform that you presented to of me course, and, and your community and all your great people. Uh, it means a lot. And, and seriously, I, I want to recognize that, acknowledge you, and thank you for that. Of course, my brother. Well, check it out. Amazon, Audible. You on Audible? Well, we'll be on Audible. Yes, you can Got hear this things. read to you in my sexy mumbly voice. <laughs> uh, had a lot of fun doing that. It'll be on yeah. Audible, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all the good places. All the good and, places. Uh, uh all, all the great places I'm, and, I'm excited uh, and for follow humble the poet on social too a lot yes. of good shit there and thank you everybody for tuning in so much love to all of you peace 
Thanks for tuning in. Check out Humble's book, Unlearn. It's on pre-sale right now if you're listening to this podcast fresh. Otherwise, you'll be able to find it everywhere on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, everywhere books are sold. It's an incredible book. I encourage you guys to check it out. I've got a chance to go through it. It's really beautiful what he's put together. Also, please check out onit.com slash design your life. That's where myself and Gary V and NQ and David Rutherford and Emily Fletcher are all coming together. It's the cast of Avengers. We're doing a live event on May 2nd here in Austin and May 3rd as well. So please check that out. That's a once in an Onit lifetime opportunity. So I encourage you guys to peep that, take a look. And of course, check out aubreymarcus.com. Sign up for the newsletter, all the things, leave reviews. I love you guys and I'll see you next week.